0: Welcome to Baptist Perspective with Jimmy Barber. Whether you're listening while driving home from work, sitting with a hot cup of coffee, or making dinner, we hope this podcast will be thought-provoking and edifying. Now, here with today's episode is Jimmy Barber. In previous podcasts, we have studied the seed of the woman as the foreordained seed of Abraham as centered around Genesis 15.6. Now we desire to show the connection of the seed of David as the king of our salvation. It is essential that we know that the seed of the woman as proclaimed in the Garden of Eden, the seed of Abraham imputed to us as the justifying righteousness of our salvation, and that the seed of David is the Messiah promised to rule over us as our Lord at the right hand of God. See Matthew, chapter 22, verses 41 through 45. Many may say that this is so obvious that it need not be mentioned, but I have found over the years that we must not take too much for granted because too often we find that some people have confused ideas and opinions regarding the Scriptures. In fact, generally it is discovered that many, if not most, Professing Christians have ideas and opinions regarding God and His Son, Jesus Christ, as well as many other topics of the Bible, that are derived more from their imagination than the actual truth of the Holy Scriptures. Years ago, a professing Christian became irate when I pointed out that her supposed quote from the Bible was actually a saying from John Bunyan's Immortal Pilgrim's Progress. When David was contemplating building a house for the Lord, the Lord appeared to the prophet Nathan and told him that David was not to do it and that instead God was going to build a house, even a kingdom, for David. Listen to the initial promise from God to David regarding this. And when the days be fulfilled, and thou shalt sleep with thy fathers, I will set up a seed after thee which shall proceed out of thy bowels, and I will establish his kingdom. He shall build an house for my name, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. I will be his father, and he shall be my son. If he commit iniquity, I will chasten him with the rod of men, and with the stripes of the children of men. But my mercy shall not depart from him as I took it from Saul whom I put away before thee, and thine house and thy kingdom shall be established forever. Before thee, thy throne shall be established forever. 2 Samuel seven twelve 12-16 Though this promise included David's immediate son Solomon, the prophecy extended beyond the life of Solomon. For when David was at the end of his life, he spoke of this in second samuel twenty three five quote, although my house be not so with God, yet he hath made with me an everlasting covenant ordered in all things, and sure; for this is all my salvation and all my desire, although he make it not to grow. Obviously, much could be said regarding these verses but we shall limit our remarks concerning the seed of David in connection with the captain of our salvation in the person and work of Christ. We spoke in earlier studies about the birth of Christ, the seed of Abraham, and the Virgin Mary. Now I desire to bring to our attention some of the passages of the Scriptures and show that they equally unite David to the seed. In Luke 1 30 through 35, we see that Gabriel told Mary that Jesus, quote, shall be great, and shall be called the Son of the Highest, and the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David, and he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there shall be no end, end of quote. Furthermore, this son of David, the Son of the Highest, is also, the Son of God. When the Lord opened the mouth of John's father, Zacharias, he was filled with the Holy Ghost and prophesied, saying, concerning Christ as follows, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he hath visited and redeemed his people and hath raised up an horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David. might serve Him without fear in holiness and righteousness before Him all the days of our life. Luke one sixty eight through 68-75 Many other verses could be supplied to show the connection of Joseph and Mary and their connection to David, and that the seed of David is the same seed of Abraham and the seed of a woman as announced in the Garden of Eden, and that this same one is the Savior, Christ Jesus, that was, quote, given us before the world began, 2 Timothy 1.9. While we will not focus our attention to passages regarding the birth of Jesus and the seed of David, we will supply other passages that truly show that the Savior is the seed of David. First, allow me to direct our attention to the occasion when Jesus rode into Jerusalem. Quote, And the multitudes that went before and that followed cried, saying, Hosanna to the Son of David. Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Matthew 21, verse 9. We know that Jesus was born in Bethlehem, the city of David, Luke 2.11, and John 7.42 declares that Christ, the Messiah, came of the seed of David, out of the town of Bethlehem. Paul, in the book of Romans, equally affirmed that the gospel of God was, according to his Son Jesus Christ, our Lord, which was made of the seed of David, according to the flesh. Romans 1, 3. Lastly, in the book of Revelation, we are told by the Lord himself, I, Jesus, have sent mine angel to testify unto you these things in the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David, and the bright and the morning star. Revelation twenty two sixteen. As we stated before, many other passages could be supplied to reveal the connection of the seed of the woman and the seed of Abraham and the seed of David are the same in the salvation of the people of God. Also, other connections could be demonstrated to connect the seed to Christ as our prophet, priest, advocate, captain, the suffering servant of Isaiah, the intercessor, the I am and other offices and positions that complement and secure our salvation. Hopefully, these brief comments regarding Christ as the King of our salvation from the King of David will encourage you in your personal studies of these other offices and topics. Needless to say, salvation from the beginning to the end is solely in Christ, the revelation of God it can be stated no better than the opening verses of the Epistle to the Hebrews. God, who at sundry times and in divers manners spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets, hath in these last days spoken unto us by his Son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds, who being the brightness of his glory and the expressed image of his person, and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high, being made so much better than the angels, as he hath by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they. For unto which of the angels said he at any time, Thou art my son, this day have I begotten thee. And again I will be to him a father, and he shall be to me a son. And again, when he bringeth in the first begotten into the world, he saith, And let all the angels of God worship him. Hebrews 1, verses 1 through 6. Let those words sink in and hide them in your heart, and pray that God would bless you to know deeply within your soul that the Christ of God, the eternal Son of God, took upon himself the seed of Abraham. Compare Hebrews 2.16. In fact, please allow me to quote the surrounding context of this passage so that we might have a richer and fuller view of the incarnation of this seed of Abraham. For it became him for whom are all things, and by whom are all things, in bringing many sons unto glory, to make the captain of their salvation perfect through sufferings. For both he that sanctifieth and they who are sanctified are all of one, for which cause he is not ashamed to call them brethren, saying, I will declare my name unto my brethren. In the midst of the church will I sing praise unto thee. And again I will put my trust in him. And again behold I in the children which God hath given me. For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same, that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is, the devil, and deliver them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. For verily he took not on him the nature of angels, but he took on him the seed of Abraham. Wherefore, in all things it behooved him to be made likened to his brethren, that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God, to make reconciliation for the sins of the people, for in that he himself hath suffered being tempted, he is able to succor them that are tempted. That's Hebrews chapter 2, verses 10 through 18. I realize that this quote is quite lengthy, but it is a beautiful summary of what I am endeavoring to say and the reality of the subject should be often brought to our attention. Besides, in supplying the quote, we are giving you the inspired word of God and not the opinion of a sinful man. It is without question that my opinion of the Holy Scriptures does not compare with, thus saith the Lord. Having covered some of the connections of the scarlet thread of the seed regarding the person of Christ, our Savior, the Lord willing, we will begin looking somewhat at the work of Christ in our salvation. However, time is up for today. Farewell. Thank you for listening to today's edition of Baptist Perspective. We archive our episodes so you can go back anytime and listen again. Do you have a question about something you've heard or just want to let us know you're listening? Visit us at BaptistPerspective.WordPress.com. That's BaptistPerspective.WordPress.com. Thanks again for listening.